Hi everyone, Demetrius McRae here, your online campus pastor here at Calvary Christian Center. Welcome to our podcast. As we are in our season of healing, just so you know, we are worshiping on campus and making sure that our worship experiences are safe and sanitary. May today's message bring healing, hope, and ultimately transformation. Hope you enjoy the message. called testing positive and I can't get away from it we've talked about Shabbat that praise is a pronouncement of praise it's a joy releasing praise does anybody have any joy in your heart today then we talked about Halil remember Halil means to boast it's a it's a crazy praise it means Halil to Yah it's where we get the word hallelujah so does anybody have a hallelujah in your spirit just shout hallelujah come on and then there was the Tehillah praise. It's the new song that releases a new season. Somebody wave at me if you're ready for a new season. Come on. And then we learned about the Taqwa praise. Remember, that's the clap praise. That's the praise that nails things down. Just send the devil a signal right now about your next season. Okay, and you add a ruah to that. So clap your hands, all you people. Come on. And then ruah, shout unto God. All right. So I'm ready for you today. I'm coming to 1 Samuel 21. I believe God's given me a word. Remember the song we just sang. This ain't no ordinary worship. This ain't no ordinary church. This is not an ordinary service. Hallelujah. And God's about to do something in your life in Jesus' name that's not ordinary. You hearing by live stream. Verse 3. Now then, what do you have on hand? David has come to the temple. He's hungry. He's starving. He's fleeing from Saul. He says, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever you can find but the priest answered David watch this now he said I don't have any ordinary bread I don't have any ordinary bread any ordinary bread I did I don't have any ordinary bread on hand however there is some consecrated bread here provided the men have kept themselves from the women so verse 6 said so the priest gave him the consecrated bread since there was no bread, no ordinary bread, except the bread of the presence <laughs> that had been removed from the Lord, but from before the Lord and replaced by hot bread on the day it was taken away. David asked Ahimelech, don't you have a spear or a sword in here? I haven't brought my sword or any other weapon because the king's mission was so urgent. The priest replied, in essence, I don't have an ordinary sword and I don't have ordinary bread, but I've got the sword of Goliath the Philistine whom you killed in the valley of Eli. It's here. It is wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. If you want it, take it. There's no sword like it but that one. And David said, there is none like it, give it to me. That, that day David fled from Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. He goes into Goliath's uh, a home front. And then the Bible said, but the servants of Achish said to him, isn't this David the king of the land? Isn't he the one they sing about in their dances? Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his tens of thousands. David took these words to heart and was very much afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. 
So he pretended to be insane in their presence. And while he was in their hands, he acted like a madman, making marks on the doors and of the gates and letting saliva run down in his beard. And Achish said to his servants, look at the man. The the king said, look at the man. He is insane. Why bring him to me? He said, am I I so short of madmen that you have to bring this fella here to carry on like this in front of me? He said, don't I have enough crazy people in my life? You ever feel that way? Aren't I dealing with enough craziness? Why do you have to bring one more crazy person into my life? He said, must this man come into my house? I want you to notice uh, verse 4. David, the, the priest answered David. He said, I don't have any ordinary bread. All I have is the bread of presence. I'm going to preach today along these lines, no ordinary bread. I don't have any ordinary bread here today. I don't have an ordinary service. I don't have an ordinary uh, thing planned for you. I don't even have an ordinary message. I'm after no ordinary bread. I I came for his presence today. I'm I'm glad to see you, but at the end of the day, I didn't come to see you. I don't care what you're wearing. I don't care about your shoes. I'm not here to see your hair. I came because I'm after no ordinary bread. I just wonder if somebody here today, you want to transcend just the religious rules and rituals and say, I'm here for no ordinary bread. I need something from heaven. Oh, it's about to get real in here. I said, I said, hey, is anybody here for no ordinary bread today? Slip up your hands. Spirit of God, we're here today because we are hungry. We are hungry for no ordinary bread. Release in this house your presence and we'll give you praise that we shall be filled in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord, come on, give him a praise. Give him a praise. Tell your neighbor, no ordinary bread. Yeah, yeah, I don't want any ordinary bread. Uh, This is an amazing story here to me, and I'm going to take some time and just walk down this trail with you. It's revolving around the the life of David. I've preached a lot from David, and today I'm going to be talking about the praise that is called Todah. This giant killer, David, here he is. He's Israel's ultimate man. He's the ideal man, David, with so much fame that they wrote songs about him. Now he finds himself in a place where he's running for his life, and Saul, the king, is the man who desires to take it. He finds himself in this moment, precious, where he is unarmed, unfed, and unfriended. He is in crisis in a way that it's hard for me to even describe to you. He's so hungry that he goes to the priest Ahimelech to God's house, and he's looking for help. One side note there that I want to share with you today is this. If we don't have an atmosphere that can help somebody, we need to shut the doors. God's house does not exist for people just to hang out or hear some good music or come in and get their religious ritual over. God's house exists to help people. How many of you are glad to be a part of a church that's committed to helping somebody? So, so David is in a crisis, and when you're in a crisis, I can think of no better place to go than the house of the Lord. God's house is the place you need to go when life starts to crumble all around you. David is in that moment, and he basically says, I'm hungry. 
This journey has left me weak. I'm weary. He looks at the priest and he said, do you have anything that can help me? Do you have anything that can feed me in this season? My strength is gone. I'm not sure how much longer I can carry on. And here's what the priest said to David. He said, I have bread to offer you, David, but I have no ordinary bread. He said, the bread that I have for you, son, is not regular bread. It's not ho-hum bread. The bread that I have for you is no ordinary bread. You say, well, pastor, why was it not ordinary bread? It wasn't ordinary bread because verse 6 says that it was the bread of God's presence. It was the bread of the presence of the Lord. In the King James Version, it says it was hallowed bread. It was holy bread. It was set apart bread. It was sacred bread. It was consecrated bread. It was the bread bread of his presence and it was different than anything else it was bread that had sat in God's presence for seven days it was bread that knew of the glory and the presence of God and this was the bread that David was given in the house of the Lord he was given no ordinary bread it was the bread of presence David is running scared y'all his life is a in this moment his dreams are dashed his hopes seem to be crashing all around him he's in a moment where he needed something more than the ordinary He's in a moment where he needed something more than just regular. He needed something more than just another another experience. Have you ever been there where you needed something more than ordinary bread? Have you ever come to church? Have you ever found yourself in a moment? Have you ever been in such a crisis in your life? Have you ever had your family go so crazy or your finances get so rough or the internal struggle becomes so great that you didn't just need a small bite of religion your dilemma and your financial struggle was not normal the thing you were facing in your family was not normal your problems were not normal you were in a moment where you did not need ordinary bread you didn't need another service you needed an encounter you didn't need just another good church gathering you needed to get in the presence of God oh you needed the bread of God's presence in that moment religion won't cut it in that moment cute church is not enough in that moment's two songs and a mickey mouse message won't get the job done you need an encounter you need bread you need strength you need hope you need power you need sustenance so you come to church and you're looking for no ordinary bread i don't know who i'm talking to today but there are some people who've come to a place in your life where you can say I'm not just looking for bread I'm looking for no ordinary bread here's what I declare in this season and right on at this church we have no ordinary bread if you want ordinary bread you better find you another church another pastor and another place but right here on the menu is no ordinary bread I don't care about religion I don't care about impressing anybody I'm at a place in my life where I can say Lord serve up the bread the people are hungry let your presence be the pursuit let your presence be what we desire let your presence be everything no ordinary bread because if I eat that bread cancer has to go if I eat that bread my family 
has to get right. If I eat that bread, everything shifts because this is a moment when we cannot afford to have ordinary bread. Yeah, my God, you can't satisfy an extraordinary appetite with ordinary bread. David, let that priest know in no uncertain terms, I'm not leaving this place until I feast on no ordinary bread. Is there anybody, somebody, is there anybody, somebody here today that can say, Jim Rayleigh, I'm not leaving this place until I feast on no ordinary bread. I, I came for no ordinary bread. If that's you, open up your mouth and give God a, a mighty praise right now. I'm here. Yeah, yeah, if, I, if I'm a little bit noisy, if I look a little bit desperate, if I seem a little bit disheveled, you don't know what I've been through and you don't know how hungry I am. I'm here for no ordinary bread. So, so I'm after God in another way today. David is there and would not leave until he feasted on no ordinary bread. But in that moment, not only is he unfed, y'all, he's weaponless. He, he, he's not able to participate in the fight because he doesn't have the weapon that he needed. But I want you to understand something here that is very profound to me. David addressed his hunger before he addressed his battle. He addressed his need to nourish in the presence of the Lord before he addressed his battle. He, he, he never tried to fight without being nourished. See, the truth is so many people are being continually and constantly defeated because they are fighting on empty. They're going to battle and they have not feasted on the bread. They're going to battle and they're doing it outside of the presence and the will and the power of God because they're trying to fight this battle on their own strength. And I'm telling you today, many people are fighting on empty. You're fighting for your children, but you're fighting on empty. You're fighting for a new season, but you're fighting on empty. You're fighting for an open door, but you're fighting on empty. I see people fighting for revival, but they're fighting on empty. They're fighting for their family, but they're fighting on empty. But today, 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 there is no ordinary bread in the house. And I want you to address that hunger for the Lord. Here's the reality. Don't fight unordinary battles unless you've eaten unordinary bread. I'll say that again. I don't want to fight an unordinary battle until I'm full of unordinary bread. Because an unordinary battle needs unordinary bread. Hear me. David is in that moment, so he feeds himself. And he gets himself prepared, but still, he has no weapon. In that moment, y'all, David is weaponless, so he asked the priest. He looks at the priest, and he said, do you have a spear? or a sword or something I could use. And the priest looked at him and said, well, David, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> 
I do have a sword, but it's not an ordinary sword. I don't have a regular sword. I don't have an everyday ho-hum run-in-the-mill sword. The only weapon I got, the only sword that I have is a sword that you're acquainted with. It's the sword that you took from the sheath of Goliath after you had killed him on the battlefield. That was the sword that you removed Goliath's head from his shoulders. I don't have an ordinary sword, but I got a giant killing sword. I don't have an ordinary weapon, but I got a giant killing weapon. See, I've come to tell you today, not only are you going to get no ordinary bread, but you're about to get no ordinary weapon. You're about to walk out of here huh, with no ordinary weapon. Hallelujah. This is so amazing to me because that bread empowered David for the future. It gave him power to be able to walk into his purpose, but it also, he had a sword in his sheath that reminded him of the faithfulness of God. That sword reminded him, I really am a giant killer. Even though things ain't looking good right now, I still am a giant killer. Even though things are not going the way I want them to go right now, I'm still more than my circumstances. That bread empowered him, that sword focused him, but watch this. Here's where the story goes to another level. It goes to another dimension. Remember, he's fleeing Saul. He's running from Saul, he's running for his life, and he winds up in all places in the camp of the Philistines. He's there with the cousins of Goliath, carrying Goliath's sword. How many of you know God sometimes will put you in a place and you say, how oh, where are the real people at? How did I wind up here? And, and now all the attention is on me because not only am I here, I got their cousin's sword on my sheath. His world is messed up. David is in crisis. His world seems to be falling apart because he's an point now where he left what were supposed to be his friends and his family and his land and he winds up in the enemy's camp. His world was so upside down that he couldn't recognize the difference between his friends and his enemies. In that moment he didn't even know who was for him or against him. In that moment, he didn't even know the people that should have stood by him, the folk that he helped, are the very ones that are trying to take his life now. The folk that he fought for, the folk that he warred for, the folk that he was anointed to lead, now they're the ones that want to kill him. His world is so upside down that he can't tell the difference between friends and enemy. He doesn't feel right anywhere. He, he feels wrong in every way. He feels like he's on his own. You have been there? You ever been there when you couldn't even find, I can't figure out who's for me and who's against me. His world is so upside down, I don't know who my friends are and who my enemies are because the people I thought were my friends are acting like my enemies and now I'm in the enemy's camp. I don't even know what's going on. And then it gets even worse because he's recognized as the giant killer carrying Goliath's sword of all things. They looked at him and said, hey, isn't that the king of the land? Mm. 
See, when you are anointed, you don't have to announce yourself. Saul was still king, but they knew the real king. They knew God's anointed, help me, Holy Ghost. When you really are anointed, you don't have to promote yourself. You don't have to say, I'm anointed. Just walk in the room and things shift. Come on. Can you imagine here he is and, and he's recognized and he's got, he's got Goliath's sword on his waist. And they said, isn't this the one that they sing about? Isn't this the one that they sing about and they dance over him and they sing Saul has slain his thousands, but David has slain his tens of thousands. Can you imagine David is there? He has no friends. He's carrying Goliath's sword. His world is upside down. So you know what he does? He gets afraid and he starts acting crazy. He starts acting like a madman. He starts drawing on the, on the fence. He starts drawing on the wall. He starts drooling in his beard. Come on, somebody. He starts acting like he's lost his mind. He said, maybe if I act crazy enough, they'll leave me alone. Come on. So he starts acting like he's, he's lost his mind. And, and then it's so funny to me because they take him to the king and the king says, don't I have enough crazy people in my life? Do I need one more crazy person? Can I talk to real people? Do you ever have moments like that? Do you ever feel like you're a magnet for weird people? Yeah. Yeah. That don't mean we don't love you if you're a little bit strange, but do you ever feel like I'm just a magnet for strange people? They just seem to find me. And the truth is, they think you think they're strange and they know you're strange. Come on, we, we're all a little bit off, but David, David is there. He starts acting like a madman, and the king says, do I, do I ha Don't I have enough crazy folk? Do I need another one? David is slobbering. David is writing on the wall. David is in a situation where he cannot even be himself. He's in a moment where he cannot even be who he has been called and commissioned and empowered to be. The cost of being in that circle was, was that he could not be truly who he was. Oh my, my, now I want to talk to you a minute. Have you ever had people in your life that the only way you could gain admittance into their circle, the only way you could get in a relationship with them was if you were willing to shave off pieces of yourself to satisfy their, their, their fear and insecurity? Have you ever been around people that they couldn't take you 100 proof? Have you ever been around people they could not stand you if you were going to be who God called you to be? Some people can't stomach you if you show them who you really are. Some people can't stomach you if they know that you're not going to be the person who just survives and barely gets by. Some of people can't hang out with you if they understand that you have made up in your mind that your children shall serve the Lord and you're not taking a back step but you are moving forward. Oh, hallelujah. See, there comes a point in your life where you have to say, I'm going to the next level if I got to go by myself. Ah, there, there comes a point where you have to sometimes cut away relationships that are hindering you and blocking you from getting to the next dimension. That doesn't mean you wish any ill will toward them. That doesn't mean that you don't love them and want good things for them. But what it does say is this, I cannot be trapped by your opinion of me anymore. I am more than what you think I am. David is in a crisis, y'all. He doesn't know his friends from his enemies. His world is upside down. 
down. He's losing his identity. It's in a moment where he is at a place in his life where he said, I'm unfed, I'm, I've been struggling, and I, but I went to the temple and I've got some nourishment there and I got a weapon there and he's standing in that environment and here is the companion text. Here is what David did. Whenever David was in moments like this, he wrote books in Psalms. He wrote chapters in Psalms. And it was in this moment that David sat down and he wrote Psalms 56. Somewhere in that time he got by himself and he wrote Psalms 56. And this is the background of Psalms 56. David is in this camp. He's lost his identity. Come on, somebody. He doesn't know his friends from his enemies. He's feeling fear. and But he sits down and writes in Psalms 56. He said, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. <laughs> whenever I feel insecure, whenever I feel like this battle is too big, whenever I feel like this thing is too much, whenever I feel like this problem is too great, whenever I am afraid, I will trust in you. See, the truth is sometimes we get afraid. Sometimes we get fearful. But I'm telling you, whenever you are afraid, just trust in the Lord. Is there anybody here today that would admit I've only made it because even in time, I was afraid I trusted in the Lord and he made a way right out of no way David was saying life is crazy but I'm gonna trust the Lord just look at your neighbor and say even if life is crazy just trust the Lord yeah even if money is funny even if kids are rebelling even if times are hard even if you get laid off even if things are difficult even if you're struggling in your mind at what time I am afraid I will trust in the Lord David said I've already determined that I can't trust people David said I've already determined determined that I can't trust my friends, I can't trust my family, I can't trust my leader, I've been let down, I've been jacked up, I've been pulled around, I've been talked about, I've been rejected, I've been, I've, I've gone through it, but I'm telling you, they never were my source, they never were my strength, they never gave me victory, they never anointed me, they never gave me power, at what time I am afraid, I will trust the Lord, I believe right now God is releasing something in this house that's going to give you power to trust him like you've never trusted him before if you're ready to trust the lord open up your mouth and give him praise right now so in that moment david is in crisis but he makes up his mind in the midst of his enemies. I'm going to remind myself of God's faithfulness. I'm going to remind myself of God's protection in the past. And I'm going to trust the Lord. Is there anybody here that's going to trust the Lord? Okay, I better ask you again. I said, is there anybody here that's going to trust the Lord? I'm... Pastor Ray, the economy, are, are you going to trust the Lord? Pastor Ray, the gas prices, are you going to trust the Lord? Everything's not, are you going to trust the Lord? So David then transcends and moves beyond just trusting God. Now he says, I'm going to praise God. He said, in God, 
I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear. What can flesh do to me? One translation says, what can mere mortal man do to me? He said, why am I worried about people? Look, look, look at my sword. I already know what I can do when God empowers me. See, see David in that moment says, I'm not going to be overwhelmed by these people. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by the people who are trying to rob me of my identity. I'm not going to be overwhelmed by this battle that I'm in. I trust your word. What does that mean? David said, I trust your word that has been spoken over my life. You said that I was anointed to be king and I can't die until I sit on the throne. I cannot die until I possess what God told me that I was going to possess. So I praise your word. I don't praise what I see. I don't praise what I feel. I don't praise what it looks like. I don't exalt my problem, but I praise your word. See, it's time to trust God's word over your life and praise him. People don't have the last word. God does. Saul said, I'll kill David, but he never could. David's in the camp of the Philistines, but he would not die. I've come to tell you that sometimes you just got to trust his word and praise his word. The enemy's tried to tell you that you're not going to see what God promised, but I stopped by this morning to tell you called of God and anointed, you need to praise him and trust his word because whatever God said shall come to pass. Come on, praise his word over you life right now are your children going to serve the Lord is that your word praise him for his word right now are your sons going to serve the Lord are your daughters going to be delivered is your body going to be healed will he supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus will no weapon formed against you be able to prosper will God open doors for you on the left and the right and behind you and in front of you stop exalting your problem and your dilemma and say God I'm going to praise your word over my life because I've got more confidence in your word than I do what I see with my eyes. I've got more confidence in what you said than I do in what I see. Don't get overawed by people. Don't get overawed by problems. Remember who you are, called of God, anointed, and praise him. Come on, praise him right now. Come on, praise him if you trust in his word. Everybody on your road can't praise him because they're not trusting like you're trusting. David said, I will praise his word. Now, here, here's where we're going a little bit deeper. You want to go deeper? Getting anything out of this? Man, I couldn't wait to get here to preach this to you. I've been preaching it for the last three days to myself. I got saved on Thursday. Hallelujah. Uh, there, there are several words for praise, but one of the words that I'm going to talk to you about today is the word todah. Todah is the sacrifice of praise. That's literally what it means. It means to praise God on credit, but it also means the sacrifice of praise. It's that praise you bring to God when life ain't easy.
It's that praise you bring to God when you feel like things are going crazy. It's that praise you bring to God when things are going any way but the way you want them to go. It's that praise you bring to God when, when things are not panning out the way you hoped and envisioned and dreamed and anticipated. But you pick yourself up and you praise God's word when your children are still acting crazy, when, when the doctor's report has not changed, when, when things you're looking to shift have not shifted yet. But you pick your up and say God I'm not gonna praise you because of what I see I'm gonna praise you because of what you said and I know you wouldn't have said it if you weren't intending to make it a reality David said I'm not king yet so I got to keep living I've not been on the throne yet so I got to keep living so I'll bring you the sacrifice of praise it's in that moment when you pick yourself up and trust God's word now remember he started out y'all he's friendless he'd been weaponless he would been in trouble and he arrives at Goliath's old stomping ground and the last thing that he should have done in reflection of all that he had been through in reflection of the fact that Saul was pursuing him and trying to kill him in reflection of his situation in the eyes of many people the last thing David should have ever done is praise the Lord this would have been the moment when he could have probably gotten a pass on praise this seems like the moment when it seemed like it would have been all right if he had sat down and given up and threw in the towel and just quit for a while and somebody in this room knows what I'm talking about something in David rose up it was a radicalness that rose up inside of David you ever been there in a moment where hell is breaking loose and everything seems to be going wrong but there's a radicalness inside of you that rises up and says I don't care what it looks like God I am going to magnify your name it's not easy but here's my sacrifice of praise I don't understand why it's going the way it's going I've wept through the night and I've cried through the day but I have made up in my mind that even if it ain't easy I'll bring you a sacrifice of praise that's the Todah. Anybody can praise him when you got money in your pocket. Anybody can praise him when your children are speaking in tongues and called to preach. Anybody can praise him when everything is going perfect and your marriage is, uh, is flawless. But in those moments where it seems like all hell is birthing everything it can against you, but something inside of you says, I will magnify the Lord and I will praise his word. That is the Todah. It's not a sacrifice till it's a sacrifice. It's a sacrifice of praise. The Bible said we bring the sacrifice of praise, the Todah, into the house of the Lord. You don't praise him sometimes until it's hard. You don't praise him sometimes until you say, God, it looks impossible, but I'm going to praise you because you are the God of the impossible. Does anybody have that kind of radical praise in your spirit right now? The question is, how could David even do it? The question is, how did he, how was he able to do it? How do you find yourself in a camp where you can't even be yourself? You find yourself where you've shaved off pieces of yourself and you're not even who you know you're called to be. How do you survive that moment? When you go into a situation like that where everything seems to be going wrong, how did he do it? How did he not quit? How did he not give up? Can I tell you how he did it? He could only do it because he had a belly full 
of no ordinary bread. Oh, I wish I, I wish somebody was at church today. I said he is now being fueled not by his circumstances. He is now being fueled not by his situation. He is now being fueled not by the opinions of people. What's fueling him now is the bread of God's presence. What kept him from giving up was the presence of God in his belly. What kept him from quitting was the presence of God in his belly because he had eaten no ordinary bread. There are times the devil thought he was going to destroy you because the Bible says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. But when he came against you, he didn't know that you had a belly full of no ordinary bread and no weapon formed against you was able to prosper because you were filled with the presence of God. And some of y'all are sitting there looking at me and you don't know what I'm saying but there's a few of you here who understand the moment that I'm taking you to because you know what you've been through and you survived it because you've had a belly full of no ordinary bread. If you're thanking God for no ordinary bread, why don't you stop right now and give him about a 20 second praise and say thank you for no ordinary bread. Thank you for your presence. It's in that moment that people look at you and say you're crazy like they did David. It's in that moment when people will look at you and, and say, what are you doing? I know what you're facing. I know how your children are acting. I, I know how your situation is. I know the battle that you're in. How in the world can you praise God now? How in the world I know how you're feeling? How you've been talking to me about your struggle? What you've been wanting has not manifested. How in the world can you praise God right now? See, there's some of y'all people are looking at you and they know you. They know your story, but they're watching you act out they're watching you clap your hands they're watching you bring the Lord praise there's a couple in here today and you're watching your wife carry on and you know what the bank account says and you're saying how can she act like that she can act like that because she's got a belly full of no ordinary bread hallelujah it's in that moment where people are surprised that you still got to praise Ah, people will look at you and say, I know what you're going through. I know the battle you're in. How can you praise him like that? But you got to continue to bring God the todah because that is that, 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 that praise said, Lord, I'm giving you glory. I'm, I'm not praising over my circumstances. I'm praising over your word and I'm praising because I'm full of no ordinary bread. David is basically in the stomping ground of Goliath. He's with all Goliath's kinfolk carrying Goliath's weapon that weapon reminded him of the faithfulness of God do you have any reminders of the goodness of God just look around your life right now if you can find one thing to praise him over praise him right now oh Jesus do you have any reminders of the fact that God has been good to you I feel like preaching how David is basically in Goliath's stomping ground but he didn't lose his praise how could he not hold on to fear everything is against him he's surrounded by his enemies he's without any friends but he mustered up praise the sacrifice of praise he 
did not forget. He, he had been eating. Now remember, here's how he made it. He had been eating no ordinary bread and strapped to his waist was no ordinary weapon. This weapon was not an ordinary weapon. This weapon was a giant killing weapon. This weapon was used to take giants' heads off. He looked down at the weapon and he said, I may have to kill Goliath. I've already killed Goliath and now I might have to kill his whole family. Come on, y'all Y'all don't look at me like that. He said, but I've got the weapon that can get the job done. I've been eating no ordinary bread and I'm armed with no ordinary weapon. That sword reminded David of the faithfulness of God because it was no ordinary weapon. Tell your neighbor, I have no ordinary weapon. Yeah, yeah, I have no ordinary weapon. I'm not full of ordinary bread, nor do I have an ordinary weapon. Second Corinthians says it like this, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal fleshly but they are mighty through God for the pulling down of the strongholds hell you can rage devil you can attack people you can talk about me but I've got no ordinary weapon for the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly carnal but they are mighty through God so I pull down that stronghold over my son I pull down that stronghold over my daughter I pull down that stronghold over my nation I pull down that stronghold over my church I pull that stronghold down over my city I pull it down. I cast down every vain imagination and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in Christ Jesus. And I declare God, whatever you said about me shall come to pass and I shall overcome because I'm full of no ordinary bread and I'm fighting with no ordinary weapon. Is there anybody here today that can say that's the bread I want and that's the weapon I need? somebody right now just to take a minute and say God give me that bread equip me with that weapon hallelujah 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 Jesus oh y'all don't know now he brings God the totah, the, to, the todah. He brings God the sacrifice of praise. Who would admit that everything's not perfect in your life right now? And sometimes you got to bring him a sacrifice. Yeah, yeah, I thought so. So he brings God the sacrifice of praise. He brings God the sacrifice of praise. But if you study this, immediately after David's ordeal with the Philistines, he had been alone. He was unfed. He started out unfed. And unarmed he was in a situation where he couldn't even be himself come on y'all he's in the camp of his enemies he didn't know his friends from his enemies but he said God in spite of what I see Toda. in spite of what I feel Toda. ta-da come on somebody Ta-da. Look at your neighbor and say, ta-da. Yeah, you thought I was going to go down, but ta-da. You thought I was going to be defeated, but ta-da. You thought I wasn't going to make it, but ta-da. You thought my children wouldn't serve the Lord, but ta-da. So he brings the Lord a sacrifice of praise, doesn't he? Right there in that moment, he begins to praise the Lord. Now, here's what happened. In the very next chapter, 
After he brings God the Torah, in the very next chapter, not, not next month, not next year, he's been by himself. But in the very next chapter, 400 men joined themselves to David. They may have been jacked up, but they were what he needed. They joined themselves to David. He found himself after he brought the Todah to God, he found himself with an army. Maybe it wasn't the army that he wanted, but it was certainly the army that he needed. How many of y'all know sometimes God will bypass giving us you what you want because he knows what you need? Oh, come on now, where you at today? Y'all, I'm trying to land this plane, but I got a minute to go. Uh, sometimes God will bypass giving you what he, you want because he knows what you need. It was only after David, filled with no ordinary bread, carrying no ordinary weapon, having brought God the Todah, which is no ordinary praise, it was only then that God released exactly what he needed. Is there anything unreleased in your life because you would rather complain than give God glory. You would rather complain than walk in faith. There was something that happened when David brought God praise. God released exactly what he needed. I, I'm in a place in my life, y'all, where I can cry out to God and say, God, don't just give us what we want. God, don't just give us what we want. Give us what we need. God, come on, bring it up in the back. God, don't just give us what we want. Give us what we need. Give us what will push us to the next level. Give us what we need. Put the right people around me. Put the people I need. Open the right doors. Give me the right connections. Don't just give me what I want. Give me what I need. What if you getting what you need is hinging on you being willing to say, God, I'm not going to exalt my problem. I'm not going to exalt my dilemma, but I am going to bring you the Todah and magnify you right here in this moment. I need somebody right now who needs God to move in your life. Jump on your feet and start giving him a praise. Almighty God, come on if you got no ordinary bread and you're carrying no ordinary weapon, then you ought to give him a Torah, which is no ordinary praise. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you clap, I don't care if you shout, I don't care if you move your little toe. But whatever feels like praise to you today, you need to go ahead and praise God's word over your life. Praise God's word over your children. Praise God's word over your new season. This is no ordinary prayer. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I declare that you are full of no ordinary bread and you're carrying no ordinary weapon and you're about to receive no ordinary breakthrough so bring God a Todah which is no ordinary praise begin to praise him right now like the money's already come 
begin to praise him right now like the children are already saved. Begin to praise him right now like the season has already shifted. Begin to pray. Get up in your house right now. Walk around your living room and bring God a toga. It's the sacrifice of praise. Here's the question. It means to praise God like you got it even when you don't have it. How you gonna act when everything you've been believing God for manifests in your life when your children are saved? When your money is right, when your body is healed, don't wait and praise Him. There's no ordinary bread in here. Open up your mouth and give Him glory. Tell somebody around you, say, neighbor. Say, you can stand there if you want to. But I need about 30 seconds. Because I'm eating no ordinary bread. I'm fighting with no ordinary weapon. And I got a praise in my mouth. That's no ordinary praise. Everything that David needed was released. How many of you can say, Lord, just release everything I need? Oh, watch, watch this now. I declare God's releasing everything you need. I declare it over your family. I declare it over your children. I declare peace of mind for you because that's what you need. I declare that as you bring God no ordinary praise, he's bringing everything you need. Just days later, all this runs together. He's full of no ordinary bread. He's carrying no ordinary weapon. I declare it over you, sister. I declare it over you, brother. I declare it over you, young person, that, that you are eating today no ordinary bread and you're carrying no ordinary weapon. And even this week when the devil tries to come against you, where's that sword? Devil, you don't know. I ain't got a butter knife. Come on, somebody. Devil, you can't have my children. Devil, you can't have my purpose. Devil, you can't have my future. Devil, I take my sword out and tell you, take your hands off of my daughter. Take your hands off of my son. Take your hands off of my future. Back off my marriage. Thank you for joining us for today's message. You can continue to be a part of all that God is doing here at Calvary Christian Center. You can text to give at 386-866-3060, or you can give at calvaryfl.com give. We would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and also for you to share this podcast with your community, your family, and your friends. Again, thank you for joining us.